many learners today are distance or online. It makes an on-campus experience difficult. What I would encourage students to do is turn up to your online classes, even, and in many cases they are not compulsory, but even so, there's your opportunity. If, if one decides, oh no, it's easier just to switch on the television or do something else in the evening rather than turn on to an online class, it can be a missed opportunity for getting to know others. I think one of the common experiences for people is that we have times of struggle and we feel isolated and forget that other people are having the same experiences and the same hardships without the awareness that, oh no, this is common. And if you start talking to people, you'll find out. I've been an online student as well, Chris. The, the experience was certainly quite different. When I was studying on, online, I was a mature age student um, studying in the discipline of project management. I was doing that point in my time to give myself some new skills. Uh, I didn't feel like I needed to be learning how to be a university student at that point in my life. So very different to when I studied IT. I realised now that I actually had to learn what it's like to be an online student and to study distance and, and all of the things that are involved in not being connected to a cohort as closely. By that point in my life, I thought that learning was a very individual responsibility and I was a mature student and therefore what I needed to do was read and learn and that's where I would get my knowledge from and that's where I get, would get my experience from. Later, I learnt the value of collaboration with other students and it was certainly missing at that point in my life and gave me a lesser experience. A lot of students will have a lot of difficulty, I think, in engaging with other students online. And so embracing the supports that are available with online universities for collaboration with other students, I think, is very important. I, I learnt that a lot of application of knowledge needs to be grounded in context and not just simply absorbed from learning materials. So simply going on watching and downloading wasn't enough. It was a very different learning experience to learn the value of collaboration. And I didn't know that early enough, and I regret that. We don't have the power to, shift, to, to, to wind back the clock, obviously. But what are your thoughts on that now in terms of perhaps what you could have done differently on reflection? Well, I think there were opportunities available for collaboration, which I just didn't take up. So the points that you made earlier, Chris, I think about taking up those opportunities to, to collaborate, I think are very important. Although at this point, I think in, in technology maturity, uh, the collaborative tools were really quite limited. There were still opportunities to engage with other students, to express my opinion, to ask questions of other students. And, and I didn't take up those opportunities and, and I should have. Thank you for your honesty and encouraging me in putting that forward, Michael. And look, something that occurs to me is that today there are so many supports in most universities for all students and particularly for first-year students. On one hand, we have all these supports available, proofreading, learning advisors, different universities will use different names, online meetups. So you're not alone. There is help. If it's mathematics, there's help there as well across all kinds of disciplines. Now, problem is the support's there, but many, many students through not, not necessarily any fault of their own are just not aware. 
So universities try to promote these services and the information doesn't always cut through. They can come, you know, through in uh, orientation weeks and presentations, information on websites and emails that you might get. And we get so many of these messages and so much in this information overloaded world that we live in, despite those efforts, the message doesn't always get through. So the learner can be left thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I, I don't know what to do without being aware that, hang on a minute, there's help. Can't emphasise the importance of that enough. Once again, that's a survival skill when you're talking about asking questions and being proactive. That's what we need to do. When we're struggling with an assignment, think, oh, I don't know why I came to university. Oh, my life's so, so much harder because I'm struggling with this assignment. Yeah, it's a natural thing to have, have those moments. So we're, we're rationalising. We're dumping blame on the, maybe the decision to come to university momentarily. The point I want to get to, Michael, is that life is full of challenges whether you decide to enrol and study a degree or whether you decide not to enrol and study. Because you've decided you're going to study a degree and you're having difficulty on a particular day, it's a human trait, I think, without much thought to the other challenges you would be dealing with in life had you have not made that decision. I've found across my, my life, Chris, that the things that were the most difficult actually brought the, the, some of the best outcomes for me in my life. It's been lots of things. It's been in music. It's been performance. It's been uh, study and learning. It's been public speaking. There are many things that have been challenges that were scary. And having gotten through that, I realised that it brought good things. I think part of that fear is the fear of failing. And I think we forget that failing is a very human characteristic. It isn't, it isn't negative characteristic. It's I tried and what else can I learn? And it's okay. So I certainly would be saying to my children and to other people who are embarking upon new things, don't be scared of failing. Don't be scared of failure. Just think about the opportunities that this can bring, bring for you, bring to you and, and give it a good go. And the first time may not be the, the time that you succeed. It may be the second time, but it'll bring good things in your life. If, if you sit back and, and hope that your life will be good because you didn't take any risks, you'll be disappointed. Take the risks, embrace life, and that will mean a learning journey. And that's what university is all about. So well said, Michael. I think about the word failure. It's a word we'll continue to use, but, you know, another way of saying it is, and, and, and you did say this, it equals you weren't completely successful on a very first attempt or early attempts. The problem with the word failure is that it can sound permanent, and that is a dangerous thing, and that's a bad way to look at it. And, of course, when we're going through um, an experience where we perhaps get a mark or a grade that we're disappointed with on an assignment that we do, yes, it can still bear a hurtful emotional impact. I would like a dollar for every student who will have ever uttered the words, anything less than an A, I consider a fail. That's not a healthy and realistic way to look at things. And what we talk about is about keeping our expectations realistic. I want to make this point about managing our well-being and our emotional well-being 
as a priority because if we can learn to manage our well-being, and it's a learning journey in itself, it's something that we get better at as, uh, as time goes on. If we're in good shape emotionally, our ability to work and do things effectively, like focus on goals and perform tasks, even including cooperating with others, these things are much more achievable and easier to achieve as well if we're in good shape. And there are lots of things, I think, as, as, as a young student and as a mature age student, I think they can impact on your, and your, on your well-being, Chris. Certainly, you know, as a young student, having graduated from high school, I was ready to explore the world. And there was lots of competing priorities at that point in my life. As a mature age student with a family, lots of competing priorities. And, and that investment of time in your study, you know, can be seen as a, you know, a drain of your time that should be spent elsewhere. So it, it's difficult, I think, to maintain that sense of well-being when you always feel like there are competing priorities in your life. What you've said there really puts the spotlight on the nature of one of the biggest problems we all face in life, balancing priorities. It's a challenge that we'll continue to face throughout our lives. It's something we can never really eliminate or totally escape. And so it also highlights the importance of keeping our expectations realistic, or let's say grounded in the realities of life. Because we're vulnerable to the pitfalls of unrealistic expectations. The important thing is that we remind ourselves that we have to expect these times in life as being normal and natural. If we don't, they become an even bigger challenge to our sense of well-being. In the next podcast, Michael and I will be continuing our discussion on intrapersonal barriers. We'll cover a range of things, including ideas relevant to managing workload and priorities. But before we do, think about what we've discussed so far and take a look at the intrapersonal barriers, chapter 15, and think about how they relate to your life. Identify which barriers you think will challenge you the most and then start developing a list or a plan which can include strategies, techniques and actions that you can use to help manage these. Thanks for listening and always remember you are on an important self-development journey and you want to get the most out of it you can and that includes the rewards and the enjoyment of learning along the way.